Are we looking at potential deflation in China? Some perplexing analysis regarding iron ore imports and the possibility of some contango. All this and more on this week's Freight Up. Hi there, my name's Neil and I'm standing in for Fernanda this week on Freight Up as she navigates herself around the idyllic scenes of Transylvania. There be good vampire hunting this time of year, apparently. Meanwhile, I'm back here with you, bringing updates from our oil, iron ore and steel market desks. If you're new to the podcast, I'd like to invite you to ensure our continued podcasty friendship by clicking the follow button in whichever app you're listening on. You can do this easily via our website, Go to FreightUpPodcast.com. That's FreightUpPodcast.com. Freight spelled exactly as you'd expect. Just click subscribe in the menu. All right, that's the housekeeping done. Let's begin the episode. First up, Archie Smith from our oil desk. So, Archie, obviously, first time meeting in the flesh, but yes. I feel like I know you. I certainly feel like I know <laughs> the oil industry now a certain, a certain Good stuff. amount. That's, yeah. that's what we so, start to do. Thank you for the big learning curve that you gave no me problem. in the last few weeks. So no that's problem. been great. For anybody that's sort of brand new to the podcast or recently started listening, just quickly tell us a little bit more, just as a refresher and a reminder, what it is that you do here and why we might want to get in touch. So I'm on the fuel oil desk as a fuel oil broker. We act as an intermediary between our hedging clients who are a lot of uh, ship owners, ship operators, and other clients as well, commodity movers, et cetera, et cetera. We act as an intermediary in the market to grant those people access to the exchange in order to hedge. Exposure to fuel prices is, is the main kind of bulk of our business, really. Obviously, fuel prices are extremely volatile, as we've seen in the past couple of years, especially with Russia's invasion of Ukraine being a particular highlight there and how much that shifted the oil prices. So yeah, you know, if you're if you're buying this fuel or selling this fuel, you're you're going to be exposed to those price fluctuations. Hedging is one way of mitigating your risk against those price fluctuations and that's something that we can help give you access to via via the cleared markets as a fuel oil broker. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're talking about the volatility. I mean, yes. a couple of episodes we were talking about a typo that pretty much just sent the, yeah, the market exactly. Into, into yeah, that was at the big. That was uh, midway through July, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when a particularly, particularly large and kind of relied on financial news reporting agency. Yeah, they just they released accidentally um, an article that was that had apparently already been published weeks ago. It got re-released. Everything went mad. There was like a four dollar swing in. <laughs> 20 minutes and then they wow. just came out and said oops sorry and that was it and then it just broke, came back down if you want to hear the full story on that you can go back a couple of episodes at freightuppodcast.com and listen to archie's full account on that but has everything sort of eased off on that now is it sort of settled down are we back to normal or what is normal no, uh, we, we, i wouldn't say we're normal at the minute i mean the, in terms of the crude market there's been no major new news compared to uh, you know w- w- with last week we're still seeing the market supported from the OPEC cuts, which is what we have kind of been seeing throughout the second half of July and now into this month, crude is ticking up. More recently speaking, last night, US API inventory data came out, which actually showed a drawback of over 15 million barrels of crude, which is a good sign of robust demand in the US. And and that's important for the market because the US is the biggest consumer of oil in the world. If there's minus 15 million barrels from their stockpiles, it shows good demand, supports the market, from both supply and demand sides. So yeah, we saw about a 1% tick up this morning in the APAC session. 
but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the crude remains well supported, but nothing too crazy going on there. I think we're trading around eighty five fifty in the October future, which is now the front month future because obviously we're, we're in August and the, the crew trades two months in front. I think this support is here to stay because the market focus is shifted into basically people thinking there's going to be a bit of a supply deficit coming into Q4. Demand's going to outweigh supply. I mean, you know, this is evident already in, in stockpiles in Fujairah, the US, Singapore and Europe. The current levels are well under the five-year average. So we can already see that kind of evidence of that supply tightness in the market. More specifically in the fuel oil market, I mean, we're, we're seeing that strength in the high sulfur complex. Well, go, go from strength to strength, really, in the high sulfur complex. It's been strong throughout July amidst Russia were a big exporter of high sulfur fuel molecules. You know, with less of that in the market, we've seen the high sulfur cracks really get stronger. The euro high sulfur crack is trading around minus 460 at the minute. That's up a dollar on the day. And up over well over two bucks uh, since the start of the week, and as well the front time spread on the Sing 380, that's seeing record levels of open interest on ice. I think it's highest levels in like four years on that front 380 spread, and it's just getting blown out. Really, it's like thirty bucks wide between uh, the balance of August versus September, and this is just down to prompt supply tightness. You know, lack of Russian molecules. It's high demand at the minute uh, in the Middle East for high sulfur for power generation over the summer. And as well as that, Chinese feedstock is remaining strong for refining. So, you know, good demand for the high sulfur stuff amid less supply from Russia. It's really having an impact on that side of the market. Very low sulfur. It was quiet. It's been quiet the past couple of months. Apart from this morning, this morning, it, it absolutely went crazy. I think, you know, the cracks started roofing by like a dollar on the day. The spreads went a bit mad as well. Very low sulfur markets. Been active this morning, but I'd say, you know, focal point is still those high sulfur spreads and those high sulfur cracks. Fernando would not forgive me if I didn't carry on the format and say to you, so for anybody that knows you or works with you, I mean, what, what should they be looking for in the coming week? Definitely keep an eye on the high five spreads i mean you know they're chopping about with so much you know with so much change in high sulfur and low sulfur cracks that's really what dictates your high five spreads which is your difference between your high and low sulfur fuel oil that's the price the price difference i'd definitely keep an eye on that i mean they're still at fairly low levels with such strength in the high sulfur this morning with the low sulfur booting off it could you know it can it can swing about three four five bucks at a time and also the front high sulfur spreads definitely keep an eye on those Amazing. Well, yeah. listen, Archie, it's been a pleasure to, to chat with you and meet you. And, it's been uh, great to meet you, Neil. And uh, we'll look forward to Fernando catching up with you next week. Definitely. Next, Joshua Stern with our steel market update. So, Josh, on the previous episode, we talked about potential summer lull. Are we still seeing that right now? We are definitely starting to face that summer lull at the moment. We've got pretty much everybody out on vacation. The scrap markets have been really, really, really quiet. Pretty much anything LME, so scrap rebar has been pretty much uh, pretty dead over the last couple of days. There has been some activity in the US and the EUHRC curves. First half 24 out there on the, uh, on the US. Some Q2 was also out there as well yesterday. So starting to see some action, you know, into kind of the first half of 2024 there in USHRC. EUHRC also starting to see more interest towards the back end of this year. A little bit of AUG and SEP interest as well. All in all, the CME market's much more liquid right now than the LME. 
you know, I think this is also partially because you've got on the U.S. side, you've got significant fund influences, you've got significant trading influences there, whereas on the European side, things just haven't been nearly as built up yet. So something to look forward to kind of in the future as things start to pick up here. In particular, one thing that we have noticed, though, in the LME scrap markets is there is a continuous growth. The basis risk, the basis between the spot and futures is really starting to grow at the moment. So like right now, the spot plats index is basically out there at about $350.25 a metric ton. So that's kind of where you can pick up scrap at the moment on a physical basis being delivered into Turkey. At the same time, if you start to look at the LME curve, well, A, as we've been saying here for months, you know, increasing interest rates, you're going to start to see the cost of carry increase, and you're going to also then start to see the curve kind of changed from a backwardated fashion into a contango shape. So we're now really starting to see this come into fruition. You know, right now, if I look at the curve here, 357.5 is where August trading. So that already shows you that there's about a $7.25 contango market out there just between the spot physical price and then the August contract. So if you kind of move that out to say like, you know, NOV 23, you're basically looking at about $20.75 difference there. So there is quite a big change there in the in the basis risk that we're seeing. Also brings out various different opportunities. On that note, actually check LinkedIn here in the next couple of days as we're going to be posting a little bit of a deep dive into how basis risk affects various different players in the steel market. So if you're a steel mill, if you're going to be a trader, if you're going to be a risk manager, or even a service center of that kind of sort. Be something to look forward to on the, on the blog front there. Again, we'll kind of give you a little bit of an idea of how you can make use of the futures market at the moment to benefit your business. And now, last but definitely not least, some pretty big news around China and the Politburo hearing from James Robinson on our Iron Ore Desk. So James, tell me what the latest developments are on your desk. In a word, uh, timber. Timber. Yeah, timber. Um, so last week, August was seen trading at a high of 116.5. It is currently trading at 106. So that is more than $10 of loss on the week. Iron Ore last week actually rallied off the back of a meeting of the Politburo. So for listeners who aren't aware, the Politburo is sort of the Chinese equivalent of, say, cabinet. It's a body of 24 of the most important people within the Chinese government, headed up by Xi Jinping. And they had a meeting last Monday, and the sentiment was really quite uh, supportive. You know, there was, there was a lot of talk about the property market. There was a lot of talk about counter-cyclical measures for consumption. I mean, one thing I would say about that meeting was that the uh, stimulus measures that were announced, or the intention to do so, was pretty scattered. Uh, it was pretty broad target across the entire economy. Obviously, the emphasis on consumption and property is definitely not a mistake. You know, those are two of the most critical parts of the economy and the source of a lot of problems currently. The problem that the government is currently facing, though, is that debt is so high. So this is something that we've mentioned before. So debt to GDP at the moment is about 300%. And the issue with that is China is currently also facing the potential of deflation. So the CPI figures, that being the official inflation rate, comes out next week. And the market is sort of bracing itself for those to print negative. Now, that is really quite significant because those debt repayments in the event of deflation become even harder to service as the value of money goes up relative to the value of goods and services. 
Now, most of the debt issue in China is at the local level. So it becomes quite difficult for the central government to lean on local authorities to, you know, engage in debt-driven stimulus because there's already too much of it on the books. Whilst this stimulus is, you know, definitely positive, you know, the underlying problems within the property market do seem to be getting worse by the day. You know, home sales by the 100 largest developers were down 33% on the month last month. And what's interesting from an iron ore perspective is that we've got so many problems in the property market, but shipments and imports of iron ore just keep going up, which is really, really strange. So in the month of June, Port Headland, that's the largest iron ore port in the world. It's the main sort of shipping point for Western Australia. That produced 51.93 million tonnes of exports in June. That is a record level. So there has been talk in the past of oversupply, particularly heading into the back end of 2023. That is looking really quite probable at the moment. So at the moment, we are probably going to see more stimulus measures. The problem in regard to an oversupply issue is that, you know, stimulus takes time. It's probably going to take two to three quarters for any announcement to actually have any real effect in the real economy. And if this rate of export and production coming from Western Australia maintains, then you are going to see a serious oversupply problem. Well, that's it for this week's Freight Up. We hope you've enjoyed the episode, and if you have, do go ahead and leave us a review and a few words of rating on Apple Podcasts, if you would be so kind. We'd love to know what you think. Fernanda will be back with you next week. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week. Speak to you soon. Listener.